0: Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. So yeah, as Luke mentioned, my name is Rich. I'm one of the pastors here um, at Rev. It's great to see you all. Um, And we're continuing our series. We had our title slide there, um, Living in Tents. Um, And I'm just going to add to Luke's prayers, if that's okay. uh, And then we're going to dive right in. Uh, Lord Jesus we just thank you uh, for your grace to us Lord we thank you for this time together Lord we thank you that even through uh, that time of uh, of praising your name um, and singing praises to to you and glorifying you Lord we thank you that you speak to us Lord you lead us you fill our hearts with faith Lord and you um you inspire us, uh, Lord, to continue persevering um, and believing you. And Lord, we just pray that as we open your word, Lord, that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, so we're looking um, at a passage in Hebrews 11 about the life of a guy called Abraham. Um, Hebrews 11 is a chapter that's packed full of men and women who demonstrated uh, incredible faith uh, throughout their words and throughout their actions. Um, and I often think of uh, Hebrews 11 um, as kind of a, a list of mighty men and women with almost a kind of to be continued um, at the bottom of the list uh, for people, perhaps like you and me, um, who, who have stepped out on our own faith journeys. Um, especially when you start to think about some of the prominent figures um, in history who perhaps you've even read their biographies and they've inspired your life. People like Corey Ten Boone, who's a Jewish woman who forgave a German soldier um, in, in the years after World War II, um, who was one of her captors. He re- she recognized her from one of the concentration camps. Or, or perhaps even William Seymour, um, who was a pastor in LA um, in 1906, shepherd this mighty move of God, a revival um, in LA. Um, or even closer to home, somebody like William Booth. Um, who spent his his life uh, devoted to preaching in the slums of East London and I could go on and on um, and 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 we see in this this chapter in Hebrews 11 if you just read it it's just person man and woman after God are after one another um, of people that did incredible exploits for God um, and Abraham is one of these people um, and we'll see that he was called out from a place called Haram, uh, where he was and he was called into the plan and purposes of God um, and he does so with this with this tremendous faith um, that just provides such a foundation that doesn't come from him but it, it, it's it's a security that he has in God um, that that means that he's able to take those small steps of faith as he steps out. And there's uh, much that we can learn from this passage. And this idea, um, if you like, of being cooled out is actually very common um, in the scripture. Um, it would have been a very familiar concept to um, the early church, and it should be a very familiar concept to us. Um, at Rev, at the moment, we're kind of primarily living with it in two kind of uh, aspects if you like or two different expressions um firstly that as believers as followers of jesus we have been called out of the world for those of us who have put our trust in jesus we are the church and that same greek word for church ecclesia uh, it could be translated as the called out ones interestingly historians think that that the church before it became used to describe the gathering of believers it would refer to if you like a kind of council Um, that if there were matters to be discussed or decided, the community would gather, if you like, the church um, would meet. People would be called out of their homes into a public forum and the church would gather in public to make decisions for the benefit of the community. And now I know there's lots of practicalities, but I wonder perhaps in our history um, where we talk about the house church movement, uh, we might have, uh, have slightly missed that aspect of being called out into the public places to take ownership and recognize the responsibility and authority we we have been given in our communities. But that's another sermon. We'll get to that another day. But the point is that as followers of Jesus, we've responded to a call to step out in faith and trust God as we embark on this journey that the Bible calls salvation. Secondly, uh, here at Rev with lockdown and restrictions, um, at the tail end of last year, we met as a leadership team. Um, And uh, we began just seeking God about the next steps uh, for us in this season. And we felt God uh, calling us out into a very specific way into what we're calling hubs. So just as Luke mentioned there in the notices, these smaller Zoom communities in uh, meeting in localities across North London. Um, the, Steph put out a video uh, on behalf of the elders just before Christmas, um, and we gave most of the family meeting to um, just sharing uh, the vision that we feel God's given us, answering questions, and mapping out what we feel to be the direction for us to move in. Both of those things you can get uh, hold of online or through Rev News um but today we're going to start by opening the word together and we're going to jump in um at hebrews 11 and we're going to jump in at verses 8 through to uh, 10 it should come up there we go wonderful verse 8 by faith abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance and as he went out not knowing where he was going By faith, he went to live in the land of promises in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And today we're going to be focusing in on that phrase in verse eight, not knowing where he was going. You see, Abraham was called on a journey where he didn't know the destination, but he knew the direction. He knew which way God had shown, but not where he was going to end up. I imagine it, although imperfect, I know, like a kind of like a series of arrows um, or even perhaps like a treasure hunt when you jump from clue to clue. Um, You're not really sure of the end result or where you're going to end up, um, but you know the direction you need to be moving in. Um, Mike Betts, a dear friend of ours, one of the apostolic fathers of relational mission, the family of churches we're part of. Um, he often talks about this idea of having a compass, but no map, we know where the needle points on the compass. And so we know the direction, um, but we're not necessarily sure what we will encounter or necessarily where we'll end up. And so Abraham sets out uh, from this place called Haran with direction, but no destination. Uh, we see this described, this journey described in more detail in Genesis 12, and um, which tells us the journey that Abraham took as he set out from heaven. Just to mention that in Genesis 12, Ab- uh, Abraham is actually called Abram. And um, his name changes in Genesis 17, but they're the same person. Um, and um, we'll jump in. I think this should come up on the screen as well. So Genesis 12, um, and we'll jump in from about halfway through verse five uh, through to halfway through verse 10. So there we are. So when they came to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the place of Shechem, at, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent between Bethel on the west and A on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham, Abraham journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land. So Abraham Abraham went down to Egypt. Hang on a minute. Did you see what just happened? Abraham sets out. He gets to Canaan and God says, I'm going to give this land to your family. So Abraham set out on a direction as he came to Canaan God gave him the destination. Now we'll come back to that idea in just a minute. Um, now that he has the destination, what then does Abraham do? Does he settle in the land? Does he try to bargain with the Canaanites uh, for, for a chunk of it so they'll let him stay? No, he keeps moving. First they camp between Bethel and Aiah before he moves towards the Negeb, which was a desert and finally, halfway through verse 10 he travels down to Egypt. Well that's odd isn't it because God's just given him the destination and yet he keeps moving and I just want to highlight two main things from this account of Abraham. Firstly he had to get moving before God showed him where he was going. He had to get moving before he was given the final destination. Secondly once God showed him the destination he still had to complete the journey to get there. And so Abraham didn't know where he was going until he'd started moving. But we've seen how God called Abraham out of Haran and gave faith in to set out. And we read at the end of our Hebrews passage, how Abraham kept his eyes fixed on the eternal destination, the city whose designer and builder is God. And yet he doesn't know the earthly destination something in abraham's heart had come alive to the bigger plans and purposes of god this looking forward that abraham had eclipsed any uncertainty any doubt and any fear god's plan to establish abraham as a as the father of a nation and that through him all the families of the earth shall shall be blessed we read that just before this passage in genesis 12 The picture that God had painted for him gave him boldness, gave him faith, gave him confidence to step out and trust God on the journey. The journey between Haran and Canaan, uh, where God revealed, I'm going to give you this land, is about 400 kilometres. That's the equivalent of London to Glasgow. That's a long walk to not know where you're meant to be going. I don't know about you, um, but whenever I travel somewhere, I like to... um, I like to always try and study the map before I go Um, and then I try and turn it into a little bit, a little bit of a game. Um, Can I try and find um, something that I was looking for without necessarily turning to a map? Can I find that museum or maybe that lunch spot that's meant to be amazing? Um, And I like the adventure uh, of kind of knowing where I'm meant to end up um, and then discovering out how to get there. But you see here, the process for Abraham is turned on his head. And God incrementally um, reveals his plan to him. We see here, Abraham puts his confidence not in an earthly destination, not in a fixed location, but in a heavenly one, a destination beyond the present, an eternal city, as it's described in our passage in Hebrews. That final destination doesn't shift or change for Abraham. It lays a foundation for him to put one foot in front of the other and trust God, not knowing where he was going. And we, too, must fix our eyes beyond what we can see or plan for. And in that, we find security and faith to step out and trust God. In fact, in uh, James four. Verses 13 through to 15, um, it says, this won't come up on your screen, but I'll just read it for you. Um, In verse 13, James 4, it says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such or such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. James is saying that your life is short a mist that appears for a little time. Why put confidence in your plans? Put confidence in God's plans. You plan, but you don't know what tomorrow brings. God is the beginning and end. Nothing happens that doesn't fall under his sovereignty. Have confidence in his plan. Now I've gotta be careful here. Uh, I'm not saying that plans are bad. We should plan, we should steward our time. We should steward our resources. These are good and wise principles But we must always be flexible enough to fall in line with God's plan and purpose to move when he calls us to step out. And so as a church, we're stepping forward into hubs, beginning this journey on February the 7th, um, full of faith, believing that in God's timing, he will reveal the next steps for us. This helps underpin uh, the next element that I want to draw out of, of the journey as recorded in Genesis 12. Once again, once God showed him the destination, Abraham still had to complete the journey to get there. If we jump back to uh, the Genesis 12 passage, we can see in verse nine, after God has told Abraham that he's going to inherit this land, it says, and Abraham journeyed on. In fact, he travels a further 200 kilometers or so, thereabouts, to Egypt before eventually coming back to Canaan, to settle, as we see in the next chapter in Genesis 13. Now, if I were with Abraham, I'd probably be asking, where are we going? God said, this is the land and this is the place for your offspring. Why, why are we going over there? Why are we heading in a different direction? Well, quite simply, the journey wasn't over. You see, we learn lessons on the journey lessons that develop our character lessons that teach us trust discipline lessons that lead to maturity we learn to trust god with an ever increasing dependency we better understand our own hearts and motivations generations after abraham uh, the israelites were led by moses um, out of egypt where they were in slavery And they wandered in the desert for 40 years. That's a long journey, 40 years. And when they were coming out of that period and into uh, the promised land, uh, which was roughly the land of Canaan, um, this is what it says in Deuteronomy 8, verse 2. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not that word for testing there is is we we can often oversimplify it and think of it more like a pass or fail well did they or didn't they um god doesn't necessarily set them up to fail here this testing is about approving or showing them what's in their heart it's a refining the journey is a refining process and that's why abraham in our passage takes this huge detour to egypt God hadn't finished showing him what was in his heart. He hadn't finished refining his character, his faith, his obedience through the journey. And I'm fully confident that as we follow God's leading into these hubs, he will shape us. He will humble us, he will refine us and establish us in such faith that we will look back on this next season as a period when God did something profound in our hearts, drawing us into an ever greater dependency on him, a reliance on his Holy Spirit that earths our faith and brings about much growth and fruitfulness. Now, maybe you're listening uh, to me and and you wouldn't call yourself uh, a believer. You're not a follower of Jesus. Well, life as a Christian is a journey. As I mentioned at the start, it's a journey of putting your trust in Jesus. The central message that each of us have turned to our own way, our own journey. This deviation from God's plan, the Bible calls it sin. And it sets us on a path that is opposed to God's plan and purpose for us and for his creation. Through Jesus' death on the cross, He has revealed a way back for us to journey with god he's made a way for us to be in relationship with him and we do that through repentance a turning away from our own path with our own goals our own agendas and destinations our own landmarks if you like our own idols the bible calls it and we find faith to step forward, letting go of present earthly securities to lay hold of the future certainty that we have in God. And for those those of us that would call ourselves believers, this passage teaches us, as Abraham did, to fix our eyes on Jesus, fix our eyes on the security of our future in God, our destination in heaven. In that, can we take steps of faith, We said it as leaders before that if we're at point A, moving into hubs is point B, we mustn't assume then steps C, D and E. Now, as we move forward into into step B or point B, if you like, some of us may feel a sense of what God is leading us into, particularly as we move out in faith um, from where we are in February. But it's really important that we must finish the journey that we finish the journey with patience and without trying to rush the work of God um, that he's doing in our hearts, to establish that trust and character and dependence on him. And I'll also say that God often calls us into the unknown in many areas of our lives. This isn't just um, applicable to where we currently find ourselves as a church, but he calls us in many different ways, whether it's through reading his word through prophecy, through dreams, or even just a quickening of our heart to act. He calls us to take steps of faith, whether that might be just a prompting to share your faith with a friend, or even believing God for what seems like an impossible housing situation, or perhaps even speaking up for um, those that are being overlooked, marginalized, or even bullied. You see, it can be quite daunting But our eyes should be fixed on an eternal security in God, in who he is and his faithfulness. Romans 10 verse 11 tells us, everyone who believes in him, that's Jesus, will not be put to shame. And as we take a stand for Jesus, as we hear his leading and obey, we will not be put to shame. We can say that with all confidence, we will not be put to shame. When we fix our gaze on earthly things, on temporary things, we may face opposition, persecution, ridicule. We're not naive. The Bible is clear that we see that right throughout Scripture, men and women of faith were were, were opposed to their faith. Whether it's Noah being mocked for building a boat when there's no rain. Mocked by his friends right the way through to John being exiled on the island of Patmos right at the end in the book of Revelation. In fact, in this world, the Bible says we're to expect opposition as we take those stands of faith. But you see Noah endured the mockery and what happened? God saved him and his family through the flood. There is an end you see we are to fix our eyes on eternity on the final destination of heaven on the security we have in god in god's faithful promises and plans though we face persecution in the midst of this life that james calls it in eternity those acts of faith are celebrated they demonstrate a faith in god that will establish us in eternity and not put us to shame that through our words and actions our names Maybe even appear at the end of that chapter 11 of Hebrews. At that very long list of men and women who have gone before us, who have persevered into all that God had for them. So as we come to the end, let's 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 uh, let's together step into the unknown. Let's step in in faith, secure of our knowledge in God and his faithfulness. Fixing our eyes on that city, that eternal city that is in god i'm going to pray and then i'm going to hand back to joe who's going to help us respond with the song or maybe even luke if he wants to jump in lord jesus we thank you lord that you call us to journey with you lord thank you that lord you call us to fix our eyes on eternity And Lord, thank you that as we do that, anything we face in this present time, Lord, anything, any opposition we encounter, anything that might come up against us, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we have confidence, Lord, that at that final day, Lord, when we are surrounding your throne in glory, that Lord, we will not be put to shame. Lord, that you will be glorified through our faith. Lord, that as we put our confidence in you. Lord, not not, not a human confidence. Lord, this isn't bravado. Lord, this is a journey that you lead us on, that shapes our character, that humbles us. Lord, that leads us into fruitfulness, that leads us into your plans, your purposes and your promises. Amen.